Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning, Don. Good morning, good morning. How are you? Fantastic. Ready to hear all your drop, hear you drop your knowledge. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I'll give it a couple more seconds to uh, let people log in and then we'll get going. Hi, I don't mess up your name. Angela, is that how you pronounce it? Oh, almost right. <laughs> it's Angela. Angela, that's oh, beautiful. I just can't pronounce it. My tongue doesn't quite have that. Yeah, that yeah, it's it's a, it's a Serbian name, so it's it's more difficult. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, Gian. How are you? So, yeah, I want to um, give you a little background and talk about you know pricing strategies for homes and having conversations about uh, price improvements um, and, you know, for homes. We are currently have, as you know, interest rates have almost doubled. We've gone from a year ago at 2.875 and now we're close to 5.75. And that's definitely having an impact on market values. Good morning, Hunter. Um, and so when we're having these conversations with our clients, when they want to list their home or we want to talk about a price improvement, we don't like to use the word reduction, but a price improvement, right, is a better word. It's more of a positive word. But when I'm walking in to a listing appointment and I've taken 24 listings, probably in the last 30 days, I have two to this morning, one at 9.30 my time and one at 11.30. So I'm, I'm in front of these individuals. And what happens normally when you're in front of an individual and you're sitting in a home? What do they, they always go to, right? Zillow, right? They all oh, the Z estimate says my home is worth blank, right? And so they have a certain mindset. They have a number already in their head what their home is worth. But yet you're the expert, you're the trusted advisor, and you need to inform them of what has happened in the marketplace, correct? And help to educate them on what is the current market conditions are. Now you can either, A, you can either deal with that at the end of your conversation when you ask them what they want to list their home for or recommend a list price for, or B, you can have that conversation up front. And for me, I really would like to deal with it up front. I want to talk to them about what's happening right now. And the reason I want to have that conversation with them up front is I don't want to go through my whole presentation telling them what a great marketing plan we have, our professional photography, you know, how we're going to do an open house and events and mega open houses and going through our, our process and the whole time they have a number in their head already. And I get done with my presentation and I bring the number up. And now guess what happened? All of the things that I talked about, about our great, how we're going to market their home is now just gone out the door, right? Because now they're only focused on the price. 
So I want to I want to deal with this up front, right? I want to have that conversation with the client. And say, look, you know, I just want to tell you what the market was ninety or one hundred twenty days ago is not what it is today. Interest rates have gone from 2.75% a year ago to almost 5.75%. And that is having a significant impact on buyers' affordability to purchase a home. And let's be honest with each other. Buyers are more educated than ever today. They're hearing the news. They're hearing that home sales are down. They're hearing that pending sales are down. They're hearing that, you know, it's cooling off, right? It's everywhere. And they know this. And if your home was on the market 120 days ago, we were seeing offers at 10 offers in the first 48 hours. We're getting 50,000, 100,000 over asking price. And if your home isn't priced correctly in today's market, you're going to hear, guess what you're going to hear? And I just be quiet. I'm all, that's exactly what you're going to hear, crickets. So let's look at the market factors and the conditions. And so I'm going to share something to you with you. Um, and you know, we're getting all this information out there. Home values are going to decline. It's not the same as 2007. It's not, you know, it's, it's not, you know, and, and I saw somebody from, uh, I think it was, uh, who's the guy, the guru that says pay off everything, have no debt. What's that guy's name? You're on, you're on mute, Lisa. What's his name? I was forgetting it. Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, and he just came out talking about inventory. Robert Kiyosaki, he's just like, the market's going to be fine. Everyone needs to go out and buy beef, gold, and houses. I was just like, okay, those are interesting interesting commodity choices. Right, right. And so, you know, I'm not not saying, I mean, if you ask me when, I'm sorry, uh, 2020 and COVID, March 2020 COVID came around, I would have said, oh my God, the housing market's done. It's going to crash, right? There's going to be massive layoffs. Home prices are going to go down. And guess what? I was totally wrong. Totally wrong. Why? Because the Fed, the Federal Reserve pumped so much money into the economy and kept rates so low and pushed interest rates so low, right? That it fueled the market. It fueled the market between the low interest rates and then people being able to move and work from home. It changed the market dynamics. And now we have a Fed who's what? Battling inflation. So I'm not going to take Dave Ramsey's advice. I'm not going to take National Association of Realtors. I've learned something that I've learned to me over my 34 years of business of being a appraiser and a realtor in 34 years, years of business is you do not fight the Fed. You don't fight the Fed. The Fed wins. The Fed controls the money supply. The Fed controls that deal. And if you fight the Fed, you're going to lose. So what is the Fed doing? Obviously, they're going to raise rates, right? If if inflation is at 8% or greater, guess what the guess what the rate needs to be to stop inflation 8% or higher. Now, they can't take it to 8% right away because they just absolutely decimate the economy. And let's be real, Don. Do we really think that CPI inflation is a good metric for inflation or should we use Ray Dalio's core inflation rate at 12%? 
you want to call it 8, 12, 10, whatever you want to call it. If they don't raise the fund, the rates to 8%, the Fed funds rates, which means our mortgage interest rates might be high as 10 or 11%, right? Because usually two to two and a half percent higher than the Fed fund rate or the 10-year treasury bill, we're going to see rates go up. And if rates go up, it comes down to one thing. And I'm going to share a graph with you, and that's the affordability index. Once people can't afford to buy a home, I don't care what everyone says. If you can't afford that payment based upon the current income, you can't, you're going to be out of the market. And I use an example like this. If you are going to go buy a car today, you're going to go buy a brand new Tahoe or Suburban, which we're looking at, or an SUV, how much on average are you going to pay? Lisa, how much are you going to pay? You're going to pay probably like... $73,000 is the sticker, right? <laughs> the stickers. Now, if you take out financing, you say you can't go and finance the car, how much demand is there going to be for that vehicle? If you had to go write a check for $73,000, how much demand is there going to be? It's going to be very little demand because those people don't go out and buy a car and say, I'm going to pay. They say my monthly payment is going to be 1100 bucks a month, which I still think is crazy, right? And so what happens is, when it comes to affordability, you can't afford that. The demand's going to go away. And of course, now what happens? Everyone who's been holding off on selling and was going to move out of our state of California is get. They're all coming to the market. So we're seeing an increase in inventory, right? And then we're seeing a decrease in affordability because the higher interest rates. And now we have what? We have a disconnect. There's a disconnection between the sellers and the buyers. The sellers, they're still in this mindset of here. This is my value. And the buyer's like, I can't afford this anymore, right? My payment's gone up 1300 bucks per month just because of interest costs only. And now I can't afford it and I, won't, I don't want to pay that much. Besides that, I think values are going to come down. And that's what I'm hearing. I think the values are going to come down we're going to wait. And so in a matter of a little time, it's absolutely flipped from a seller's market to a buyer's market here in our area, right? It's flipped. I mean, I have amazing listings. I've taken 24 listings. I have some amazing homes. 90 days ago, I would have been like, oh, this house is going to sell. It's going to be like two days. I'm going to have 10 offers. And I also, I'm like two weeks, I got nothing. And all of a sudden, guess what? I used to never have to negotiate request repairs. Right. And I hey, we want the house. Great. Wave your appraisal. No repairs. No nothing. I'm not doing anything. We're not doing anything. You don't like it. I the value went up. And guess what? I got 10 other buyers waiting. Go ahead and cancel because my client's going to make 20 grand more. And now I'm like, uh, crap. I got to go out and get request, request repaired. I get estimates. I got to negotiate. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you want seven grand? Here it is. Because I don't want to go back on the market. Right. So let me see if I had the graph up. Let me see if I still have it. I just got my first appraisal in three and a half years that was uh, over my contracted price. And I don't know how that happened, but I got three appraisals this week that were low by about 40 grand. Right. And today I got one that was like, congratulations, your client actually is walking into $40,000 in equity. And I'm like, yeah, oh. yeah, that could be a little bit. That could be a little bit because the data is lagging. Because appraisers were using data, you know, in the last, say, 90, 180 days. And so we're really not looking at pending properties or anything else. But I'm going to share my screen. Tell me if you can see this. I might blow it up a little bit. Can you see that really well? Yes. 
So what this document is, this is for those of you who are old as I am, and I don't think there's anybody on this call that's nearly my age or probably half my age. Um, this is what's called the affordability index. And in the past, the high markets, the Miami market, the San Francisco market, the Newport Beach market, the New York market always was the leaders, right? They're the first ones to go up and the last ones to, you know, fall. Right now, we had a little change because we're having a change in demographics, right? A lot of people are moving out of these areas. But if you look at this, this is the percentage of people that can afford to buy a home. So you can see that, you know, when when people when the affordability is low, we have we have prices that that go down, right? So you look here, 1980s, the late 80s, 88, 87, we're going. Prices were going up, 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 up. And then, of course, based upon what's the affordability index? It's the median income, right? The median price home plus, you know, the, the interest rate, right? It's the number of people that can afford to buy a home based upon the median price, the median income, and interest rates. And if you look here, you'll notice, if for those who have been around, the early 90s, we had... Uh, um, the bust, right? We had this bust. And so what happened was down here, we couldn't really afford a lot of homes, right? It's below 15%. People couldn't afford about homes. We had a bust. And then of course, values go down. We had the, the recession. And then of course, then prices go down. And then of course, more people could afford to buy a home. And then we kind of go along, go along, go along. And then we had what? The dot-com bubble, right? Many of you are probably too young to remember, but I remember a Super Bowl and every commercial was a dot-com, shopping.com, this.com, everything was dot-com. And the market was crazy. And people were investing in dot-coms like it was Bitcoin back then. This was like the Bitcoin era of the dot-com when everyone was buying these dot-com stocks and they crashed, right? And guess what happens? Home prices went up. We have the crash in the market, right? Layoffs, recession, right? Here's the bubble pops, right? And again, here we go again. And then we go to the 07 market. We're down below that 15% mark. Boom. The big 07 crash, right? And then, of course, the recession. Affordability index goes back up. More people afford to buy a home. And then, of course, now, you know, we've been down here. And I don't have this to date, but I had, I had another one. I should have had it. But you look at the affordability. So when every time we get below 15% of the, of the affordability index, when 15% of the population for a given area can afford to buy a home, we have a correction in prices. I don't care. You can tell me about supply and demand. You can tell me about stuff. But if you can't afford to buy a house, I don't give a crap how much supply is because you can't afford the house. It just doesn't matter how much no supply there is if no one can afford their car payment plus their grocery bill when they have, you know, two kids and a family of four and Costco now costs $800 when you go for your, you know, weekend grocery trip. You just, you don't buy a house. Right, right. So now let's bring this back. I'm going to take this chart down. Does anyone have any questions on this chart? Does anyone understand the chart? Right. So I can talk. So what's going to happen is the affordability of homes, because the interest rates are going up, there's the supply is going to increase. And we got to have a correction. Now, I don't think we're going to have a correction like the 0708, but it depends on interest rates. 
If they take rates and they take them from now, we're at 5.75 and they take them to 7.75 or eight quickly. Yeah, we're going to have we're going to have a bigger drop in prices. Right. You can't. I'm going to come back. You can't fight the Fed. Right. So I don't care what Dave Ramsey says. I don't care what everyone else says. All I care about is how many people can afford this home given the median price and the median income. That's all I care about. And I'm going to I'm going to show you why this 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 is a conversation that I have with my clients. And I do this right in front of them. I said, look, and, this, and I don't know where you're at in the part of the state, but in California, the average police officer, LAPD officer, two to three years on the force makes 100 grand a year on average. Right. My wife's a school teacher in Upland. At least is that a lot of money or a little money? I don't know. You're like shaking your head. The average school teacher in the state of California, in our area, makes about on average between 80 and 90,000 a year on average. Okay. So you say, okay, great. Let's just do the math. Let me just do math. If it's a hundred, if you make $180,000 a year combined as a couple, and the average housing ratio is what, 35% maybe. So that means that they can afford on a month, 5250 a month. $5,250 a month on average is what they can afford on their housing. Now, let's just be honest with each other. My wife's a school teacher. She makes 92000 a year. Her take-home pays 5300 a month. That means her whole entire paycheck would just go to cover our housing mortgage payment. That's it, right? So you go, okay, great. What's the average price in my neighborhood? I'm not talking like Taj Mahal. I'm talking a, a 2,400, 2,500 square foot home built in the 80s and 70s, 10,000 square foot lot in decent condition. It's going to be about 900 to a million bucks, right? And so when you do the math, this is ironically, you're like, oh my God, like, this, you know, did you make this stuff up? I'm like, no, I didn't. So if you take a million dollars and you say I have a hundred thousand dollar down payment, so I've saved up a hundred grand, and I was at a three percent interest rate, and I do this right in front of my clients, and I say, What's that payment? And I know you can't see it, but it's $52.98. Oh, shocker. That's shocker. The most people, the firemen, the nurses, the teachers on the dual income, right? They the average house price is 900 to a hundred thousand to a million bucks. And they can afford about $5,300 a month, or $5,250, what I wrote down. And guess what that is? That's $5,298. That's why our housing price for the most people are there. That's what they can afford. Well, great. Now let's take that same concept, million-dollar house, same $100,000 down, and put it at today's rate. Right? That same payment now goes from $5,200 a month to $6,756 a month. So what happens? They can't afford it. Right? It has nothing to do with supply. They can't qualify to buy for that house. And so what's happening is we're seeing how homes go on the market, go pending, and they've got a lot of them to get requalified and find out their rates are higher. And now they're backing out canceling the transaction because they can't afford it. Or they're backing out because more homes came on the market. They were desperate. They wrote a price. 
offer over our asking price. And now here comes four homes back in the market that are nicer, better, they're lower. They're like, hey, I want this house. I'm out. I had a deal canceled this week and they forfeited their deposit. They're like, oh, well, I'll give up my deposit of this amount because I can go buy this house. You know, you know I'm going to give up my $10,000 deposit because I'm going to go save $50,000 in the house price. Right? They go, well, geez, we can get this house 50 grand. We'll just eat the 10 Gs. I'm like, all right. Back on the market we go. So this is a conversation I'm showing my clients when I'm pricing their home. So I said, look, if that's the case, if the payment's 6,756, what does that house price have to drop to in order to get back to that 5,250? So at what a million dollar home. What would I have to drop at today's rates, 5.75? What would I have to drop that house price to get to that same number? Anyone want to take a shot? Anyone want to answer? Just take a curious guess. It's going to shock you. I mean, if, if we've gone from like what you, you did the example at 3%. And so for every 1% that you jump, we'll lose like 50 grand in purchase price. Well, you're losing. So the, the answer to the question is that that same at today's rate at a today's rate of 5.75, comparing it to a year ago at 3%, buying a home with a hundred thousand dollars down based upon the affordability of a, of, of a couple making I'm going to go with seven and a quarter. It drops $200,000, 20%. That same couple with that $100,000 down payment making 180 grand a year, they can now only afford $800,000. That's a 20% drop in that housing price. Right, same down payment. The only things that can change the variables is if they make more money, right? They get a raise. Now, let me ask you this my wife just got a raise as a school teacher, a COLA raise. Guess how much it was? 10,000. Well, percentage wise, give me a percent. Oh, <laughs> not, I wish it was 10. 2%. Lisa Nella, right on the head, 2%. So, cost of living has gone up 8 to 10, and she gets 2. That, you know, well, it'll, a little bit of help, but, and it's not keeping in pace with the economy and inflation rate, correct? The other variables they can come with more down down payment, right? Or another variable is your seller can start doing seller concessions. We haven't had a lot of them, but they can start paying down points and closing costs and stuff to help that person along and say, "Look, we'll pay you know, help you with your payment and pay that interest rate down." Does that make sense? Does everyone understand that you can buy interest rates down and how that works to par and everything? I got four minutes. So let me just show you in mean, six minutes. So let me show you real quick what I'm doing on MLS because I, I wasn't paying attention to my time. So I'm going to show you when I'm doing a CMA or I'm sitting with a client, I like to show them and share with them. Good morning. Sorry, office staff is coming in. I've been it's early. I've been up since 4:30 a.m. Lisa made me get up early today. I mean like that. So I'm gonna show you a little bit of what I'm doing on a CMA. And I'm gonna go over probably five minutes. 
if it's okay with you guys. So I'm gonna share my screen again. This is a real world example. This is not made up. This is a CMA that I did on a property. And so when I'm sitting with a client, I like to have it live because I like to look at pictures. This one's my listing right here at 875. And I've already dropped it because we had a conversation. So if you look at right now and you look at how many listings are on the market, it's 898, right? 799, 835, 875, 879, 879, 889. You can see how many listings are on the market, how many red arrows are coming there. And I like to tell my client, do you know what those red arrows mean? And they're like, that they decrease the price. I'm like, yep, that's exactly what it means. And I also like to look on, you know, what's the days on market? And then they're looking at, you know, holds and different things. But again, this is this data goes back a ways. So when I'm looking at comps, so you know, this is what 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 it was, but let's look at what, you know, I'll cut that down to say what's sold in the last 30 days. Correct? And I also like to show them and show them and say, you know, let's let me just show you something. Let me share something. Can you? Oh, and I do what's called a 1004 MC, and I've talked about this before. So I can go in here and create what's called a 1004 MC, and most MLS boards allow you to do this. I'm going to pull this property up. Let me go back real quick. Pull this up real quick on my other screen. So I have got a 3,000 square foot home built out of So I'm going to go back here and create my search, and I'm going to say. I'm going to do a search of homes in this given neighborhood. And I'll go back a year. There's 365 single family residents. I'm going to say I want homes like between 2,800 and maybe like 3,400 or something in that range. And I'm going to pull up my property. And I want to share with them to see what's going on. So, so Whitewater, East Bell. California, right? And I'm going to go and I'm going to do a map grid. I know I'm going fast because I'm low on time. I say, I want to see all the homes, say, in this given, you know, quadrant that have sold on the market. And I want a good, probably a good data point. And I, and I say, give me in my neighborhood, my neighborhood boundaries, all these homes last year. And I can pull that data. And I do this with my clients. And I can create what's called a 1004 MC. And it'll show me the data. Now I can have a conversation with my client, right? I go, let me share this with you. Let me show you what's going on in the market. A year ago, we had 39 sales. We were selling about 6.5 homes per month. And there was one listing available. And there was less than like, there was no inventory. Let's be honest, there was zero inventory. And then four to six months ago, before rates started going, we had 13 sales, right? But we only had one listing on the market. We were absorbing about four homes a month. Now we have sold 17 homes, but guess what? Look at inventory. We've got 12 homes available. And our, our time is now, it's taken on average, where only we have two months of housing supply. So we went from no supply, now we're going back to normal. 
We were in an irrational, exuberant market is the words I like to use. Irrational, exuberant marketplace. We are now coming back to a normal market. You can see prices a year ago were 808 and now they were at 928 was the sales price. So we've gone up in price, right? And then you can see that our listings went from 793 to 879. So yeah, it still looks good because we haven't seen the impact of the interest rates because this is past data. All I can tell you right now is our competition has increased significantly. And we need a price accordingly. And so out of all this data, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, looking at your home, knowing that there's a property that's coming on the market at 875, 799s are a low one. It's on the market now 24 days. 835, 859, this one dropped, this one dropped. Do you want to chase the market down or would you like to price at a point that we're going to get your home sold so we can, you know, get your home sold and beat everybody else to the punch? That's the conversation that people, uh, really that word normalization is is the key word. Um, because once you start doing price reductions because those buy, the sellers see what their neighbor sold their house for, I think I can get this still. And, and you're having to do a price reduction. It just starts that uh, conversation on why do you keep dropping the price? And it's it, it's it needs to be had in the beginning. And, and that's what I keep hearing people saying is they're having to have more conversations with their sellers than their buyers um, right. To, right. To, to price it right in the beginning. Yep. And so again, we want to have a pricing strategy. So that I do that conversation. The same thing is that, I want to have the conversation. I need to give my clients a weekly update of what's going on with their value, right? I need to know what's going on and keep them informed and say, look, if I don't have any good offers, you know, in the normal first like two weeks and we're not getting showings and we're hearing crickets, we probably need to do a price improvement. Okay. And so when I'm looking at an appraisal report, can you still see my screen? Can you see my screen? So Lisa? So when I'm looking at an appraisal report, this report I did, you know, a normal market, this is a stable market is three to six months. That means that homes would normally have marketing time of three to six months. Why do we sign six month lease listing agreements? Do you think that just was, hey, how long should the listing agreement be? Oh, it's six months. No, because a normal market it took three to six months, right? And that's, that's a stable market in balance. Market values that are increasing in shortage, they were under three months. This is an appraisal that was probably old. It was 2021. <clears throat> and now in a declining market, it takes more than six months to sell a house. So I understand that you're used to seeing people sell their homes in days and they're getting multiple offers. That was before interest rates increased. Now we're coming back to a normal market. It typically is a three month process. So let's not panic, let's price right, but let's be also understanding that a normal market is about 60 to 90 days to get your home sold. Okay, so let me, I'm already over by two minutes and I wanna be respectful of your time and I wanna ask if there's any questions that or any comments that you would like me to address. Good stuff, Don. It's all it's all important. And comps, uh, if you're using comps from two, three months ago, that's not going to be very helpful right now either, right? 
Right. So we want to look at actives and pendings. And if you don't know how to do a 1004 MC, most MLS boards can do that. Learn how to do that. I've talked about it in other webinars that we've done for Agent Power Huddle, Huddle on how to pull that data. We can always go back to that if you'd like me to come back and actually spend more time on that. But Absolutely. That powerful. Again, I, I don't want to tell people. If I go and tell, tell you something and say, this is what's going to happen, I, I'm not going to absorb it as much. But if you show me and explain to me and tell me stories and show me the numbers, like this is why, and I do that exercise of showing the payment and how much a reduction. And when I show them, I say, look, in order to get that same payment, values would have to go down 20% to get to that same payment. Now, do you want to price at this number? I go, it's much easier to price lower and go up than it is to price high and come down. So where do you want to price in, Mr. and Mrs. Seller? Again, my goal as an appraiser, as a broker, I can give you my opinion of value, but the market participants, based on the supply of today's homes and the interest rates, are really going to determine what they're going to pay for your home. My job is to help you market the home and give you a, a, a pricing strategy. I would prefer to price it competitively and, and get more views and get maybe go up than going really high and then coming down. Why do you think that's the reason I want to do that? And the question they usually say is, well, because then we look old and stagnant on the market. And I'm like, bingo. Any other questions or anything I can help with? We'll definitely get you back on about those numbers because I think it's very important right now. Conversations are a lot different than they were a few months back. Yep. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate everyone on this call. And I know a lot of people get out and look at it afterwards, but my goal is to help you, you know, sell more homes and help your clients be an advocate for your client and to be the go-to expert to the client. I hope this helps you today. Thank you so much, Don. All right, guys. Have a beautiful day. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.